Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always is former NFL and college QB, Matt Sims, also founder of the Sims Complete QB. Also with us here is Ryan Roberts, Irish breakdown recruiting analyst today. We've got another award pick that we're going to be doing on today's show. We've done a bunch of the offensive awards. Today we're doing the overall defensive award, the Chuck Bednarik Award for the best defensive player in the country. There is a long storied history of guys that have won this award. Last year it was Will Anderson, which is not a surprising pick. But who could be that next premier elite big name guy who wins the award and then maybe goes on to have a fantastic NFL career? I'm going to kick us off here because I know that Ryan's ready to talk today uh, with some of the crap that he was talking ahead of time. Can I ask you a question? With not even not even a, a minute into the show. You started ahead. it, man. Who was the last NFL player no, to start on both sides of the ball regularly? NFL yeah. player? Like in the NFL, the NFL or did he in college a two-way and two-way starter in the NFL? Two-way player. I don't know. Chuck who is Eric? There you go. Come on, Come man. On. God, wait, wait, wait. There's Come that on, much of a man. gap? Man, he, started, he was there's the starting middle linebacker from the starting center for the Philadelphia yes. back of the day. So I I knew yeah, that, but I I would have thought there'd be someone else in between. Not then. regularly. I mean, Deion's no, played some offense. He is known as yeah. yeah, but he is known as the last you know player to play on both sides of the football. Uh, you know, throughout the game, and you know, for for going back and looking back at Chuck Bagnerick and his career, mm. I mean. All the young cats that are out there watching the show, old cats, all you guys, go out there and look at Chuck's career and history. Mm-hmm. Really cool character. Went to the University of Penn, then a Philadelphia Eagle for a long time. He's a part of the NFL 100-year anniversary football team, so he's considered one of the greatest players to ever play the game. First ballot Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Pro. I mean, 10-time, yeah, 10-time All-Pro, 8-time Pro Bowler. Uh, dude, Chuck is an absolute baller. And check out his hit on Frank Gifford, the great New York Giant at the oh, time, yeah, his career. known as <laughs> the hit. Yeah. And man, he, uh, you know, crazy enough, put Frank Gifford, uh, he knocked him unconscious. And I think he was unconscious for like two or three days, if, yeah. if my memory serves oh my correct. God. That's, that's why Joe doesn't know anything about Chuck Bednarik, because he knocked a, a New York Giant <laughs> out on the field and Frank Gifford. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. One of the great down. Philadelphia Eagles doing what Eagles do right, just crushing the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not winning any Super Bowls. Um, uh, he's actually a two time, <laughs> he's a two time NFL champion. He's a two time uh-huh. NFL champion. Not considered a Super Bowl champion because it yes. didn't exist at the time, but two-time NFL champion. So don't you dare talk to Chuck that way. All right, he deserves more. <laughs> See, this would actually be a really fun um, exercise to do of like more so with recruits of like who could be a guy who could play on both sides of the football. But I, I don't think we're as inundated on on recruits as maybe Ryan is that we can actually effectively do that. Uh, but right. nonetheless, always fun to hear the the history. Of the game, I wish you guys had that that history on on the other guys like the Blitnikoff and oh. and the Doak I mean, Walker. I, I, I should have. What do you want to know? 
Uh, well, we're not. No, no, no we're not. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, we can now. We're, we're, we're not going to spend the next eight minutes of you talking about him and me trying to cut you off. So we're not going to do that. Oh, but we appreciate say, the juice and energy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is the that is the key there. But uh, I do want to set you up, Ryan, to talk about your first uh, pick here for the defensive player of the year for the Bednarik Award. A guy that we talked about on this pod and we broke down individually when we did a scouting report episode. That being Braylon Trice from Washington, who I, I got to say, I think because he's at Washington, he's in a location that is so far removed, it feels like, from the rest of the country that he doesn't get enough attention for being how good he is. So why did you go with him uh, here as your first pick? Well, I, I think that he is one of the best kept secrets in, in college football. I mean, quietly was a first team All-Pac-12, was a preseason All-American. So there is some media national notoriety, and he's a considered a potential top 50 NFL draft pick this year. So I think that you need kind of that notoriety behind your name a little bit. And Joe, when I look at what Braylon Trice was able to do last year, after only being a part-time player, I mean, he's going into his fifth year, folks, and he's only been playing substantially for two years. And two years ago, he was a part-time edge player. Last year, he exploded. 12 tackles for loss, nine sacks. I know for the PFF people out there that love kind of the the – quarterback hurry conversations he had he led the entire country in quarterback hurries he had 67 total quarterback pressures last year on top of the nine sacks and the great crazy number to joe is that he did that rotating a lot with other defensive ends you had yeah. zion uh, ztf coming back for his fifth year you also had jeremiah martin who is now no longer with the team and i think that that's the big boost that's going to happen this year with Braylon Trice is that he's not going to share quite as many reps as last year. And if you had 67 quarterback pressures and nine sacks last year, rotating between defensive end spots, imagine the numbers that he's going to put up on a really good Washington team coming back, by the way, a team that I think could win the PAC 12 of, of um, potentially if they do that, a big reason probably why is because Braylon Trice had a big season for Washington. Mm. So six, three, 270 pounds, one of the top pass rushers in college football. If you haven't watched number eight out of Washington, you guys should hop put him on before the season starts because I think he's going to have a double-digit sack season. He's going to be one of the top players in college football this year. Mm. Yeah, Trice is just a total wrecking ball, the way that he plays the position. and just I, I'm, I'm in awe of him. I, he's one of those guys who I've highly, highly ranked as a 2024 NFL draft prospect. And If he continues on this trajectory, gets a bigger role this upcoming season, He's going to stick. He could be a first-round pick in 2024. Matt, your first selection here that you have for the Bednarik Award, who you got? Yeah, so I'm going with Florida State defensive end and edge rusher Jared Verse. Uh, Jared is a person that I selected and talked about in a previous show that we did earlier this offseason. And he's a player that I just think is kind of bound to have that unbelievable breakout year, right, for Florida State. I think they're going to be in that national primetime eye all season long. And I think that's going to play into his favor as he continues to play and rack up sacks. Last year, he ended the season with nine sacks. I expect, just like Ryan said earlier, that he is going to exceed that double-digit sack number this season. Mm. He had a, a really good job of accumulating a lot of uh, pressures last season. Um, so nine sacks in the season, 47 total tackles, 22 solo tackles on the year. The guy is 6'4", 250, and is projected a 4'5", runner. So his initial burst and strength and speed off the line of scrimmage, off the edge, um, I think is going to be a tremendous attribute to him this season. And he plays against a lot of offenses that throw the football a lot. So he's going to get a lot of opportunities to rush the passer. And I think his athleticism and versatility off the edge for this Florida State team that has big expectations – 
they're going to be looking to put him in a lot of positions. Yeah, to be I mean, successful. Verse was one of the top players in college football last year. I mean, 17 tackles for loss, nine sacks. And the crazy part yeah. was that he did that while suffering through an injury in the middle of the season that cost him a little bit of time. I mean, this kid could have been a right. double-digit sack kid last year, could have been a 20-tackle-for-loss player in 2022 and surprised everybody by returning as a, as a redshirt junior in 2023 because he may have been a first-round right. pick last year. For sure fire, barring injury, going to be a first-round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Like you said, Matt, 6'4", 250, explosive athlete. If you ever – my favorite clip of him, Joe, you remember the clip at Albany when he's playing defensive end on the backside and he nearly hawked down Sean Tucker on the other side of the field? I mean, this kid's an incredible <laughs> athlete. So I'm, I'm there yeah. with a – some Jared Verse love, as always. I love the pick because we already saw the tangible evidence of him dominating. But the bigger thing for me is you talked about those numbers, Matt, that you brought up that were, frankly, really good for his first year in ACC play coming from Albany. But we have like really noticeable and documented progression from him that he went from being basically unrecruited a tight end for what he was originally to dominating at Albany in his first year as a starter to dominating the ACC. We're seeing this guy get better every single year. So I, I think that Jared versus getting better and is going to take off when things are setting him up uh, for a fantastic season in 2023. I, I was going to say my favorite right. stat of Jared verse ever is when he was in high school, his senior year, he had more catches 15 than he had total tackles as a senior, only 14. It was just why, why did he yeah. not play defense? Barely played very defense. Strange. Very strange. Yeah. He didn't peak too soon, and that's a good thing for him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first pick is somebody who I think definitely has not peaked just yet and is really scratching the service, surface for his potential. We have a history of Georgia guys winning this award, so why not contribute a Georgia guy to the list? I went with Michael Williams from Georgia. Last year, it was, it was very heavy – a uh, very heavy rotation of all the guys that we're familiar with. And Nolan Smith, until he got hurt, was uh, a main focal point of this edge rushing group. But uh, a young cat by the name of Michael Williams started to work his way into the mix. Six foot five, 265, massive frame. And he was able to finish the year despite being mostly rotational with six and a half, or so yeah, six and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. I think for the very brief period of time that that he played as or sorry not let me rephrase that the brief amount of time that he's been at Georgia for him to contribute that much early on is a precursor for very significant dominance and impact on a team that knows how to set up athletes to succeed and the guy was a really highly rated recruit i know that's not always an indication of success but we know that he's got it in him we saw what he did in high school and he's getting better every single year now that he's bulked up that frame and he's well, ready I mean, to last year over. he was a true freshman playing at like 6'5", 265 pounds, and he was playing like four-tech, <laughs> three-tech, four-eye. Like he was playing kind of a lot of interior work. And I think that, yeah. I mean, for me, Joe, it's just like who's the new freak of nature on the defensive line for Georgia? Like we're, we're looking at these guys like Jordan Davis and then Jalen Carter. We're just like those guys aren't made on the planet Earth, and now here comes Michael Williams, who was a <laughs> true freshman, wore number 13, and still was – a starter by the end of the season. Like that's kind of the next wave of Georgia Bulldogs. So I'm there for it, man. I also picked the Georgia Bulldogs. So I think it's a very good defense to pick from, man. Very good defense. 
It is. And that's honestly the problem with picking a Georgia Bulldog is, is that there's only one football yes. on the field and you can only accumulate so many tackles on one play. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point. It's like trying to pick uh, an Ohio State wide receiver or uh, you know, a USC wide receiver. It's it's hard to pick amongst the grouping of guys that you know. There's it's hard to steal from. I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is an exception for something like that. But uh, Ryan, your second guy, that Georgia yeah. guy that you mentioned, is yeah. a defensive back. He's yes, not. He's not a, a defensive, defensive lineman, lineman, but he was like <laughs> your pick, Mr. Williams, another true freshman last year that made freshman All American. That was just outstanding, and that's Malachi Starks who's the starting safety for Georgia, number 24 for people that haven't seen one film yet. Despite being a true freshman last year, third on the team in tackles, 68 total tackles, working from depth, Let, tied for the team lead with nine pass breakups, had two interceptions, one and a half tackles for loss. I mean, frankly, guys, I think there's a great conversation that we could be sitting here in December this year. And if you ask me the question of who's the best safety in college football this year, I think it could be Malachi Starks, despite him only being a sophomore. He is going mm. to he is the best player on this third level for the Georgia Bulldogs defense coming back. I think he also plays a position where George is going to ask him to do a lot of work from depth. They're going to ask him to come up, get involved in the run game. His stats are going to be gaudy this year. I could see him being a five plus interception guy, forcing a lot of turnovers, being that ball hawk. And he is stylistically, and again, not making a direct comparison because there's only one Ed Reed. There's only one that I've ever seen. But this kid has those Oof. similar attributes of taking the football away and making big, impactful football plays during the game. So I think Malachi Starks is going to be one of the breakout stars in all of college football. Again, I think he has a chance to be the best safety in college football in 2023. And for a team of Georgia, which you mentioned it, Joe, a lot of the defensive linemen and some of the linebackers as well – they don't put up gaudy stat lines because, like, to Matt's point, they share a lot of the notoriety with a bunch of other great football players. But Malachi Starks is absolutely the playmaker on the back end, the guy that's going to create a lot of turnovers. And I think that those numbers are really going to pop off the screen this year for Mr. Starks. Hmm. Yeah, again, can't go wrong with picking any of these Georgia guys. And Starks, <laughs> who – is we've had a history of these defensive backs. We were talking about the defensive linemen, but we've also had a history of these defensive backs that have been just stars across the board that have been dominant contributors and, you know, all of these corners that they have that have been so significant, but Starks now is this yeah. freakish athlete. And again, we, we can't go wrong with selecting somebody who is on a defense that sets up enables athletes to make plays to come down, take the football away. I really like that that Malachi Starks pick because uh, it, and he's a younger player. It's kind of funny we've yeah. picked a lot of younger players, but he could fit that description of what you're talking about here of just somebody who's so freaking good despite his age uh, being categorized as the best player at his position. And I, I don't think that's a crazy take to have because there's really not that many like elite not this safeties year. Not this in year. college yeah, football I right mean now cyclical Especially right because that obviously always changes but yes to your point it's not a great safety year i mean we talked mm. we, we've already kind of done some homework on the safety class for the 2024 draft and it's not sexy right now right like there's a lot of question marks to that class and i think that's kind of portrayed by the outlook of college football right now one quick shout out i would love to make joe because obviously i do have some knowledge in the recruiting space jefferson high school 
in the state of Georgia is putting out some dudes, man. I mean, Malachi Starks, in, in obviously in the 20, I guess he would be the 2022 recruiting class. 2024, they have a five-star and the number one linebacker in the class in Sammy Brown. And then 2025, they have a young man named Keelan Butler, mm. who's a fantastic kind of hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker as well. So Jefferson didn't know much about the school before he got into the recruiting world, but they are putting out the next wave of great defensive players in the college football. Man, are you related to Mel Kuyper? I mean, stop. you are just like that that index in your brain. It's just unbelievable, dude. Oh, Ryan, you're you the best. That is awesome. Sir. On another planet. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, Step Joe. up your game, Joe. All right. <laughs> Matt, that uh that sets you up nicely though for I don't know if you're gonna be able to pull that much information as, as Ryan, but no, uh, you got I can't another... one up that one. No, no. Ryan is in a field on his own. Yes. Uh, uh so, you have oh, another Oh, yeah. You have another guy, though, the, another defensive lineman who had some pretty ridiculous games last year against some of Ohio State's biggest performances. Who's the player that you picked? Yeah, so I'm going with JT Toya Toya Mola, if I pronounced it correctly. Yes, did I, did did okay. I do okay? Did okay. I did okay. It's the hardest name in I, I college football. To pronounce. I know, and I'm really sorry, yeah, JT. I, mean. I, I as I as I continue to go and, and talk through it, JT, you know, listen, you're a baller, man. 6'4", 270. The guy's projected to run a 4'640 this year. Uh, his production last year, 16 solo tackles, one forced fumble, two interceptions. We talked about it before the show, his interception versus Penn State and how unbelievable that play that he made. Uh, 17 QB hurries, uh, seven QB hits, and six sacks. One thing about him that I really like is I think that he's kind of like a little bit of an old school football player. He is really, really good against the run. He does a really good job of like holding anchor on the edge, playing tough and not really giving any ground. So I love that aspect of you can see that strength and that that ability that he has to drop his anchor and to really hold his ground and not give up any edge right at all right to the offense. And he's going against a lot of good offensive linemen in the Big Ten. The one thing that I think he needs to, you know, start to develop a little bit more, and he absolutely has the capability to do that. He has a good, good burst. He has a good motor. He hustles the football. He plays hard throughout the entirety of the play. I think if he just mixes in a little bit more pass rush capability with his hands and developing a little bit more of a counter move, this is a guy that can enter that double digit sack margin while still racking up a lot of production in solo tackles, assists and helping defend the run for this Ohio State defense. So I think JT is primed to have a fantastic season because he has all the tools necessary to be a game-breaking talent well, for the Buckeyes Well, and he's so physically advanced for his age. I mean, you're entering junior year, he's already 6'4", 270, yeah. 275 pounds, which is you know just a pretty rare thing, obviously, from a size perspective. I mean, for me, Matt, like I, you talk about impact, right? I think the most impactful defensive lineman that – Ohio State had bar none last year, for the most part, was JT. I mean, Michael Hall would mix in at times. Tyleek Williams mm-hmm. would mix in. But I know, Joe, you were a big proponent, and we both liked him a lot, of Oluk Fashanu, obviously, from a draft perspective yeah. for 2024. The one guy that gave him the biggest difficulties last year, and Matt mentioned the Penn State game, JT gave him some issues, man. He gave him some issues with his length, a combination of length and short area explosiveness. I really do like the football player. He's very crafty football player right like he understands how to get himself in passing lanes he understands Mm. how to take advantage of soft shoulders he does a lot of really good work so i like jt i think that he's really going to take a big rise as a junior this year i think the other thing too with him talking about is that their success is no i'm going to be positive i I wasn't high on him (laughs) as a draft prospect but i really like him as a college football player because 
their success to me is going to be very contingent on one, what their defense does, and then more specifically how JT Tuomoilau plays this upcoming season. Because right now he's the biggest name on that defense. He is the best athlete on that defense, and he was the highest rated recruit, I believe, on that defense. High expectations for him. He might not be a crazy, crazy twitchy player that I was hoping him to be, but exactly what you said, Matt, I think is on point. Big, strong guy playing in a conference where he is told to uh, often hold up against the run, hold the edge. Every team you go against is going to try to run the ball down your throat. So if you can hold your ground against these big, strong guys in the Big Ten that eat nothing but corn during the offseason, corn and beef, <laughs> you got to be a big, strong guy. And I think that JT plays into that perfectly. He might not he might not put up crazy sack numbers, but I think he is that in him to, to be a big tackle for loss productive type player. And I mean, how many guys can we say have interceptions? Like that's the, that's the crazy. Well, and he wears number for 44 on defense. So like, that's fantastic, man. Oh, I wore that's 44. Weird. I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah. It, it goes right Ew. with Chuck though. Chuck, Chuck yes. wore 60, you know, and JT wears 44. It's a little awkward looking, but it like kind of fits pops, the guy. Right. It's way better than number uh, 41 or whatever you wore, Joe. I mean, that's a sexy number stop stop hating stop hating um my last guy that we're uh that i want to bring up here is somebody who really burst onto the scene at the end of the season was a true freshman uh physically still developing as you can see as a very young player to the game this offseason i think is going to be really crucial for him but after he had a three sack game against arkansas he i think really put himself on the map as one of the best defensive players in the SEC and in the country, that being Harold Perkins from LSU. was a little slow to get going, but I think as we started to see more and more of him, we started to realize that there is something very special here for him. It is rumored that he is adding a lot more bulk. He is getting a lot thicker, a lot bigger. He's not a super tall guy, but the explosiveness and the speed is what makes him an incredibly dangerous football player. Another player who's similar to JT that – his team's success is going to be contingent on how their defense plays. And then very specifically, is Harold Perkins that dude? And if he is, he's going to be in every single headline because LSU is going to be probably one of the best teams in all of college football this year. I know Ryan doesn't want to admit that, but if LSU is ranked, if LSU is ranked high and they win the West, I'm willing to bet that Harold Perkins' name is going to be in the final well, drawing, Joe, of the I mean, air. you call me, you know, biased against LSU, but I literally picked an LSU player for the Bolitnikov last week. But that's another conversation. Very played it. Yeah, oh, well, you didn't defend right. yourself because he's a good you didn't football player. Yourself, what do you want so. me to say, man? I mean, yeah, Joe, Joe's going to hold it against you because you were absent during your voting. So yeah. you know, he doesn't appreciate and your. Is, the, is there a more <laughs> unique player on this list though than Harold Perkins? To your point, though, Joe. I mean, because I've seen him. I have a middle linebacker. I've seen him blitz off the edge. I've seen him blitz from outside linebacker. I don't know what position I would necessarily point him as. Like, I don't know if I would call him an edge. I don't know if I would call yeah. him a linebacker. He's a defensive weapon. Weapon. Yeah, exactly. He's a defensive weapon. Very good. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fun way to describe him. It's kind of it's kind of like the the Jabril Peppers, but as a defensive lineman kind of deal where. You know, he's he's small and con- he's not small, but he's yeah. small for an edge rusher that he can move in space. But he's just he's just so Fast. freaking, yeah. freaking yeah. quick to keep well, up. Hopefully, with. hopefully his uh, yeah. NFL mm-hmm. career becomes a little better than what Jabril Peppers was. R.I.P. But, you know, I mean, he's, well, he's still in the he's league. Fine, yeah, I, I was going to say, I was like, listen, Jabril's doing just fine. Uh, Jabril is winning. All right. 
He's in the NFL, uh, and he's continuing to play the, the, the kid's game right now. So he is absolutely doing way <laughs> yeah, better than three of us. The only thing that Jabril has going for him is that he's exactly. the guy originally. That's the only thing he has going for him right now. I'm saying super sarcastic. Oh, right. You're being way – you are just <laughs> – yeah, you are being way too rude I mean, to this man. A, I mean, he is one of 32 NFL football guys out there on the field. Well, I mean, you know, I like, mean, come he on, man. He's he doing great for himself. Guys. So, I mean, how great could he be personally? So, yeah. All right. All right. On that <laughs> note, I am going to wrap us up. Uh, Pretty awesome. <laughs> exactly. The North Jersey guys means it's yeah. even better at Joe DeLeon at Sims complete QB at rise and draft folks. Make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. So you don't miss out of on any of our upcoming episodes. We'll be back with more. Keep on Jabril. <laughs> Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.